0: revolution is televised. Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday edition of the show where we are going to talk further about our experience at the 2023 NFL Combine with a specificity, uh, got that word right, on yeah. the defensive side of the football, that's right, we're talking about cornerbacks, safeties, D-line, edge, and inside linebacker, and who fits with the Bucs and who the Bucks were talking to formally at the NFL Combine. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my co-host and the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com the man that was writing and reporting about the release of Donovan Smith, which happened today, but he was talking about it a week beforehand because Peter Report's always up on the news. It is Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you?
1: Doing good, Matt. Uh, We're talking about defense today. It's my my love. I love the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Not that I don't like offense because you have to have points to win games, although they can come on pick sixes and scooping scores and safeties, but uh, I, I like defense. I've always gravitated towards that. And uh, we certainly uh, saw that the Buccaneers uh, interviewed quite a few people, right, from the defensive side of the ball. And uh, one of those guys is, is that player right there, Alabama safety Brian Branch. Now, we just came out with our Pewter Report seven-round Bucks mock draft 3.0. I'm going to put that in the chat. We're going to dedicate tomorrow's show to kind of breaking down and giving some in-depth analysis on the mock drafts. We're not going to be really talking about that much today, but I'll put that in the chat for you there. But yes, Brian Branch, spoiler alert, he is the Bucks' first-round pick in our latest mock draft. And and I, I got to tell you, Matt, one of the things that, that we learned that was super important from the combine was the fact that from the defensive side that – Todd Bowles plans on moving Antoine Winfield to safety, back to the safety position, not just in base defense, but also in nickel defense. That was a change from what happened last year when essentially Antoine Winfield became the nickel corner in the slot. You asked the question, Matt, and we got the answer. And it looks like that uh, they'll be looking for a new nickel corner. And interestingly enough, we'll start right there with Brian Branch. This is a player that played an awful lot of of games uh, in the slot probably actually did play more in the slot than any other position Uh, played in the box. Some a little bit in in deep, but really he was that slot defender. So having a player like Brian branch, who was one of the formal interviews, uh, this guy can do it all. I saw it firsthand against my Kansas state Wildcats when uh, Alabama destroyed us Mm -hmm. in the cotton bowl he is getting a sack. He had a sack in that game. One of three this year. He had a safety area, I should say, an interception, as well as 12 tackles in the game, 11 solo. So he was a one-man wrecking crew in the game for the Crimson Tide. And it's interesting, Matt, because uh, he was projected to go a little bit before number 19, but he didn't really run the fastest 40-yard dash time, and that could cause him to slide down to Tampa Bay's benefit.
0: Yeah, he really didn't. He ran a four-five-eight. 40-yard uh, dash, had a 34-and-a-half um, vertical, a 10-and-a-half long jump, and only had 14 reps on the bench press. You compare that to some of the other guys uh, at the safety position. You know, Sidney Brown had 23 reps, uh, Reps, sorry, uh, ran a four-four-seven. Yeah. 7 um, Jamie Robinson ran a 4-5, had 23 reps. So, you know what? <laughs> they say some people aren't great test takers, and, yep. you know, you, you find knowledge in other ways, and Brian Branch, I still think, is a very suitable defensive back and definitely on the box radar. But, you know, those numbers weren't the most fantastic. And obviously this all comes into play with Antoine Winfield Jr., who you you just talked about. When I asked Todd Bowles about that, I really just want to know with Antoine Winfield Jr., because he is a very talented safety in this league. So I want to know what's next for him. Like, how does he get to the next level? What does Todd Bowles want to see in him? And Todd went out of his way to say, We want to keep him at the free safety where I think, even though it's so early in his career, we saw the best version of Antoine Winfield Jr., which is why it's so exciting having a prospect such as Branch. I mean, it's tough for a safety to really take over a game, whether it's at the collegiate level or the NFL level. And he did that on a couple of occasions. You mentioned the Kansas State game, which you were watching firsthand. The Bucks need a guy that can play in the slot, and they want someone that can make tackles. They want someone that can kind of like really be all over the field so Antoine Winfield Jr. can kind of be the superhero that he is, one of the Avengers that he is on the Bucks defense in his best role, which is at free safety. So Branch is going to be very sought after, but not the most ideal combine numbers. And you know what? Right. I think that's okay. You know, Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, he said – we judge everything by the tape. We don't judge it by the numbers that they're, when they're running around in shorts and t-shirts. And that's kind of a gripe you and I have had Scott about the the combine in general, uh, particularly with the quarterback position of why are they throwing in a t-shirt when on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, they're going to be throwing with shoulder pads. And I think you said at the combine, if I had it my way, I'd prefer if they wore shoulder pads all all the time because, and and helmets, because that's what they're going to be doing in the games.
1: Yeah, for sure. And let's, let's not forget, right. Todd Bowles is a safety uh, at heart, right? That's where he played in, in the NFL uh, with Washington for close to a decade. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the Buccaneers almost drafted Lewis seen out of Georgia safety Mm. in the first round last year, right? They had a chance to either get seen or Logan hall, the defensive tackle from Houston and they traded back. And they allowed Minnesota to take Seen, but if they stayed put in the first round, they, they could have certainly drafted him. And it certainly would have set it to set up a dilemma if the Vikings would have taken a different player at the end of the first round. If Seen and Hall were still on the board together, Todd Bowles might have got his way and had a safety uh, for his first pick as a head coach in Tampa Bay. So it's an important position just because of, of the playmaking ability, the communication, and we all know how important Anton Winfield is, right, to mm-hmm. the Buccaneers' defense. He's he's the best player on, on defense, right? At least Todd Bowles kept saying it was either Winfield or he said Devin he's a White. Top he,
0: yeah, he said he's a top three. Right. Uh, he's a top three player in the Bucs' defense. But uh, kind of like how a couple of prospects they refused to disclose whether they had formal or informal meetings. Todd Bowles refused to disclose um who's first and second yeah. in the bucks defense. So that's up for debate, that's up for uh, interpretation by bucks media and bucks fans, but without question yeah. Antoine Winfield Jr is in the mix.
1: Yeah, and, and and the thing is 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 when you look at the tape, Brian Branch is another Antoine Winfield. Like he's mm-hmm. he's that good of a prospect. Uh, he might not even be there at number 19. I think the the low testing certainly helps, but but what I will say about Brian Branch is the guy missed four tackles. In three seasons, Matt, it's one thing to miss four tackles in a year. That that is that is absurdly good for a defensive player. He missed four tackles in three years as a starter at Alabama. Had a sixty-eight yard punt return for a touchdown against uh, Louisiana Monroe, and and only one of two punts that he ever returned for the Crimson Tide. He's fast enough; the tape is there. He's instinctive enough. He's a hard hitter. Um, he is as solid as they come. And, and I don't mean solid just like like a, a like C, film. yeah well yeah or even like like a, a C grade solid. I mean he's exceptional, but what I mean by solid is is he's just about bulletproof. Yeah, you'd love him to be, to be a four4 four guy, but he doesn't get burned on tape. He's a smart technical guy. he's physical and and really he would play that that nickel corner position uh, and also give the bucks some some uh, flexibility there. No it, it, it's not a luxury position. It it absolutely isn't. The Buccaneers need a nickel corner, and and so what you're doing is you're drafting a starter here in the first round, and uh, with the Buccaneers and most teams facing or being a nickel defense, Matt at least two thirds of the game, if not seventy percent, uh, you're talking about a high impact player, and when when the Buccaneers would be in in base defense, Winfield and Branch would be the safeties when they go nickel. Then you bring on another safety and then Branch would move to the slot like Winfield did last year. But he's just a better version of Winfield in the slot because he's had more experience doing it.
0: And I think this will help out Antoine Winfield Jr. so much. And we're talking hypothetically, of course. It's not not a guarantee that Brian Branch is is coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it's an exciting idea that is still a possibility. And I just think keeping Antoine Winfield Jr. in the back Um, health-wise, it will help him a ton. And Branch, he's going to be on the field all the time, as you said. Nickel corner is just as important as your cornerback, too, in this league. And let's remember, almost every position on the defensive side of the ball is a necessity for the Buccaneers. Whether it's at safety, outside of Antoine Winfield Jr., you have nobody. Nobody is playing in the backfield next to Antoine Winfield Jr. at the moment. Carlton Davis with all due respect to Zion McCollum, doesn't have anyone playing on the other side of him. Right. With Jamel Dean uh, going into free agency. And right. as you reported today, Scott, or tweeted out, the Bucks aren't going to use the franchise tag on Jamel Dean. So right. best of luck to Jamel Dean onto uh greener pastures. Yeah. And then, I'm not trying to get all over the place here, but again, edge rusher. Outside of JTS, yeah, you have options there with Shaq with Barrett injured. Um, right. Linebacker, we've talked about that at defensive line you have Vita Vea and Logan Hall so every, yeah. there are no luxury picks in this year's draft for the right. box anywhere you look on the defensive side of the ball specifically is not a luxury pick because they need guys to play right away and they need three or four or five of them
1: right and and you mentioned uh, the, you know the safety position right you've got Antoine Winfield and and Nolan Turner those are the only two safeties yeah. on the roster right now right mike edwards is a safety Logan Ryan's a safety uh, and uh, Keanu Neal a safety. All three of those players played last year and started at some point for this team next to Winfield or in place of Winfield when he mm-hmm. was injured. And they're all free agents. Now, uh, will some of those guys be back? Yeah, I think at least one will be back. Probably Keanu Neal or Logan Ryan on a veteran, you know, league minimum one year deal. I don't think they did anything to fetch a higher contract elsewhere this year. And maybe Edwards returns, too. Maybe he doesn't find much of a market out there. We'll see. But they need safeties. There's no doubt about it. And you mentioned the outside linebackers. Well, first of all, let's let's go through and, and talk about the safeties that, that the Buccaneers met with at the, the combine, uh, formally and informally. And, and the thing, too, Matt, that's important to understand is when we say safety, this could also be a player that will play in the slot. That will play that slot cornerback position uh, because that's that again is is what Todd Bowles thinking is he wants a more physical guy there uh, rather than, um, you know, a, a, a drafting a corner to play there. A lot of times you're going to have those safeties that let wind up in the slot. We mentioned a couple of those guys already. Uh, JL Skinner, who is a bigger bodied guy, mm-hmm. he is more in that Keanu Neal uh, type of, of mold. At six four two zero oh, five, 205, he met formally with the Bucks at the Senior Bowl and informally at the Combine. Uh, you mentioned Illinois' Sidney Brown, same thing. They actually had two interviews with him at the Combine, formal and informal. So mm-hmm. if Brian Ranch is not an option, Sidney Brown might be an option, right, in rounds two or three. Uh, Florida State's Jamie Robinson also had a formal interview, and Illinois safety Quan Martin had a formal interview as well. All of those players can play that that slot corner position on third downs that we talked about, as well as playing either in the box or free in base defense as well. Todd Bowles likes to mix up that the, the looks and shuffle the deck a little bit in the secondary. The players that they met with on an informal basis, Texas, Texas A&M's Antonio Johnson, California's Daniel Scott, Ohio State's Ronnie Hickman Jr., Pitt's Brandon Hill, Iowa State's Anthony Johnson, Boise State's Tyreek Jones, Georgia's safety Christopher Smith, I like him as well. Mm. Notre Dame's Brandon Joseph, Alabama's Demarco Helms, Houston's uh, Gervais or Gervais, uh, Owens, Oklahoma State's Jason Taylor, Florida's Rashad Torrance, and Iowa's Kayvon Merriweather. That's a lot of players yeah. that they have met with. That shows you how important the safety position is, and how right now it needs to be replenished because there's no guarantee, although we think it's likely, Matt, there's no guarantee that Ryan, Neal, or Edwards, or any of those guys return.
0: And let's remember, Jason Light and the Bucks front office are not afraid to draft multiple defensive backs uh, in one draft class. You remember when Carlton Davis got drafted and Carlton turned out to be a, a great corner for the Bucks. MJ Stewart was drafted before him, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting was drafted with uh, with Mike Edwards and, and Jamel Dean, of course. So uh, Jason Light really does like to flood the position for sure. Um, a couple of the, the numbers from the combine for the formal guys. Uh, Sidney Brown, I had mentioned before, ran a 4-4-7, yeah. a 40-and-a-half uh, vertical, and 10-and-10 uh, 10 10 for the, uh, the broad jump and 23 reps. Jamie Robinson ran a 4-5. Had 33 and a half in the vertical, uh, a 9.8 on the broad jump, and had 23 reps. And Martin out of Illinois ran a uh, 4.46, had a 44 vertical, an 1-1 broad jump, and had 15 reps. Uh, another guy we mentioned at the end, Kayvon Merriweather. He was a guy that obviously was at the senior ball along with his fellow Iowa Hawkeye, Riley Moss, someone that was playing in the slot. And Merriweather actually is training in Tampa uh, at the moment, as do a, a lot of um, a lot of prospects. I know uh, Deuce Vaughn is out of Kansas State, uh, Julius Brents as well. So you, you do have guys that uh, train in Tampa in the offseason. But if you want to check out a video on our social media, uh, talking them talking about the training in the city of Tampa, what they think there, uh, it's a little fun video out there for you to watch. But going back to these formal guys, you know, Sydney Brown, he talked a lot about the, the physicality of the game and just being willing to, to take a risk. And he, he had a line it was he had a line talking about, if you think too much, the play's already done. Like you can't hesitate at all. You cannot have hesitation. So I like the mentality that Sidney Brown uh, brings into it for sure. Jamie Robinson, another player that was at the senior ball, I thought did a, a really good job. He's a confident player. He's a very athletic. Uh, He'll make some hard hits out there. Um, I think the Bucs are going to have a couple of different options, how they want to, yes, get a nickel corner, but really fill out their entire cornerback room. Because if Logan Ryan is re-signed, you might want to go for a more athletic type of player than kind of, you know, or a more like hard hitting player than maybe like the athletic elusive guy. If Keanu Neal comes back, he's more of the hammer. That's going to take it to the nail. Maybe you don't go with, you know, Sidney Brown is a little bit more physical and you yeah. look for uh, an athletic type of uh, defensive back or or nickel corner. So that's where the free agency will really come into play, not just for, you know, the Bucks filling out their roster, but how they attack the draft. Because you don't yeah. exactly want you want a little bit of variety in, in different parts and, you know, exactly at the same position. If you yeah. have wide receivers, you don't want every single player to be very tall and it's great on the vertical route down the field on a go right. round, You also yeah. want a wide receiver. That's great in the slot or is, you know, has a quick twitch or maybe uh better hands than some of your, your explosive guys down the field. So uh, there's so many elements that go into building a roster and that's why getting those one year deals. And Jason like talked about that. He's interested in bringing back Keanu Neal and, and Logan Ryan. And as you talked about, maybe one of them, but you know, if, if Neal's resigned, then I, I don't know what that means for Sidney Brown. If right. Logan Ryan's back, who knows what that means for some of the other guys on those lists. So, uh it will be very interesting to see how the Bucks uh really attack this free agency. Yep. We're not expecting a a huge splash deal or anything of that nature, no, but we will be see value guys.
1: value value. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's all going to be bargain hunting for the right.
1: Bucks. Uh, yeah, now, I, I got to take issue with Wayne. I'm, I'm telling you, safety is is a marquee position. If you don't agree with me, I mean that's your prerogative. But I mean, John Lynch was a marquee safety for for years. Troy Polamalu,
0: Ed yeah. Reed,
1: uh, <laughs> you know, Antoine Winfield is one here in Tampa. It, it is vitally important, especially in the passing game, with it taking such prominence. It is just as important as finding a good corner. If you don't have, you can have some good corners. If you don't have a safety, that's that's just how it is. So uh, let let's talk about the corners real quick here just build up this is Mr. angle three through three just build up the d line if you're getting consistent and good pressure there then your cornerbacks and safeties are going to benefit that's true but uh, you're not always going to get home right uh, you have to b- have people that can cover and and sometimes these these uh, you know three step drops the RPOs the, the passes come out so quickly that the pass rush is, is kind of neutralized by the quick passing game you got to have people who can cover. And, and Matt, uh, the Buccaneers. It's interesting, right? They they had one, two, three, had five formal interviews with safeties: Skinner, Brown, Branch, Robinson, and Quan Martin. Yet they're poised to lose Jamel Dean, and maybe even Sean Murphy Bunting. Although if there's no market for Sean Murphy Bunting, I think you and I both agree, Matt, yeah. we could see SMB back on a one-year prove-it deal for a very cheap price. But they only interviewed two cornerbacks formally: Christian Gonzalez who may not be there, right, at, at number uh, 19. He's probably going to be off the board, I would say, in the top 10 or 15 for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy that they interviewed was South Carolina's Cam Smith, who probably will be there at number 19. A lot of other cornerbacks they met with, uh, including Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, uh, uh, Julius Brents from Kansas State, Darius Rush from South Carolina, Tariq Stevenson from Miami, Makai Blackman, USC, Ja'Kory and Bennett, from Maryland, Alex Austin from Oregon State, Eli Ricks from Alabama, Utah's Clark Phillips, A.J. Johnson from Virginia, Miles Brooks from Louisiana Tech, Garrett Williams from Syracuse, Steryl Luter from South Alabama, and Oregon State's Res, Res John Wright. But only two of those players, including Smith right there you see, were formal interviews. So that tells me probably not going cornerback in the first round. I, I think cornerback when you look where Jason Light is, has drafted them, that's a second and third round kind of deal, right? Carlton mm-hmm. Davis in the second round, John Murphy Bunting in the second round, MJ Stewart in the second round, third round, you had Jamel Dean. Just seems to me it's more of a day two kind of pick. Don't don't you agree?
0: It does, it does feel that type of way. Uh, Gonzalez, probably off the board, but very exciting player to watch. Uh super athletic, and you could probably tell that by uh, his forty-yard dash ran a four-three-eight. Um, also had a forty-one-five in uh, the vertical jump and an eleven-one uh, in the broad jump. the The, the write-up on him is he is crazy athletic, and um, you know the Bucks are always looking for that type of player, just especially for Todd Bowles. Let's remember, not just because he was a defensive back when he played in the NFL. Yeah before he was a defensive coordinator, he was also a secondaries coach for a very long time in multiple spots. So it's one thing when you know how to play the position, but he also knows how to coach the position. And I think that's why you saw in the past couple of years when you had either, you know, Richard Sherman at corner come off the street or another safety like Andrew Adams was able to play well when the bucks went to the NFC championship game and, uh, Winfield didn't play in that game and Jordan Whitehead ended up getting hurt. Um, Todd Bowles loves having a versatile defensive back that he can move in other areas. And yes, a lot of that is safety, but Gonzalez really fits the mold there as well. Cam Smith, um, you know, he did fine as well. Ran a 4-4-3, um, had a 38 in the vertical and an eleven-two 2 on the uh, broad jump. So got a, one more than Gonzalez there. Um, another guy, Lanky, doesn't always have the um, the... The speed to catch up if if you are going to, uh, if you do burn him on a play, and let's face it, when you're a, a defensive back, it's going to happen to you every now and then. That's yeah. just the nature of the game. The only knock with Cam Smith really is, um, well, not only, but he's had some lingering issues here and there, you know, um, that's caused him to miss some games over yeah, the last two seasons. A little bit of an injury history, but at the same time, Antoine Winfield jr had an injury history at minnesota and the bucks took a gamble on him and uh you know clearly that that panned out very well for him but i I think smb does play a lot into this right if there's not too much of a market i think the bucks bring him back on a cheap deal and Mm -hmm. i think both sides will be happy i think smb genuinely likes being in tampa he's built a you know a good background here with this charity and just getting along he's definitely uh you know a, a team guy good in the locker room very friendly with a lot he of certainly guys
1: certainly means well gosh if he if yeah. he could do two things if he could stay healthy for an entire season and then put an entire season together because he has had games where he's been really really competent and good and then he's had some games where he's been awful and i think it's maybe a confidence issue it's an injury issue I, I would love to see this guy play at his full potential for one year just to see what he can do. And he does have the ability to play inside in the slot because of his size as well as play on the outside. So he does bring that versatility you're talking about, Matt. But if you're talking about speed <laughs> and we're also talking about size, this guy is one of the most interesting kind of polarizing players. He was in our mock draft last yep. time in the first round. And the interesting thing is is, is he's six one. He's not six foot, he's six one. So he does bring s- some decent length, but man, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State checked in at 166 pounds. I thought Sauce Gardner was a skinny corner. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> this guy has like spaghetti legs. I mean, they're noodles. And you know, he's 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 physical for his size, but he is certainly not anything like Christian Gonzalez or Julius Brents, two of the more physical cornerbacks in this draft. And, and that's one thing Todd Bowles likes, Matt, is he likes bigger physical cornerbacks, six one, six two, 6'2", even 6'3", like Brents. But Forbes did not meet formally with the Buccaneers, and I thought that was interesting. This guy is a pick-six waiting to happen. Yeah. He had six pick-sixes in college, uh, three in, in uh, last year, and, and three his first year at, at Mississippi State. And he is, uh, he is an incredible ball hawk with great skills, 4-3-5 speed. He's an absolute burner, but he is a bit of a conundrum because of his lack of size. And I don't think he's got the frame. I think this guy would max out maybe, maybe at 180 pounds.
0: It's so tough to – because the positives about him – and that's been the huge knock on the Bucs is that their cornerbacks do not take away the ball. For as much as right. we love Carlton Davis, he hasn't gotten those interceptions. So you that's see right. the numbers that he put up and the speed. A 4 3 speed is truly fantastic. We just talked about Gonzalez 4-3-8. For Forbes right. to get a 4-3-5 and the Bucs having met with them formally is 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 a little bit surprising. I do worry about the the skinny quarterback uh, cornerbacks at the position where yep. – you kind of can get tossed and bullied around. Like I can't even imagine if he were to go to the box and he lines up against Mike Evans, what Mike yeah. Evans would do to a skinny cornerback like that. And Mike loves to take advantage of smaller size cornerbacks, or at least weight wise. Yeah. If Mike can, can Mike, Mike can beat them down. You can watch some highlight tapes of Mike, uh, just completely derailing corners or getting in fights with them and defending his teammates <laughs> when the uh, when the bucks are are uh, you know playing the Saints, which you know always gonna have Mike's back. I know I yeah. always have the back of Celsius Energy drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. They are absolutely delicious. make sure you check out their new flavors, the Fantasy vibe and the sparkling lemon lime. Both have been in my repertoire now. I'm a huge fan of both of them. Go to your local 7-Eleven CVS, your local bodega, your bodega, to check them out. Seven essential vitamins, zero crash or uh, post-energy drink jitters that you might get with some other brands. Go to the Celsius store locator. We can say it is effective and useful. We used it when we were in Indianapolis to go get our Celsius, which – we were having before the podcast as well, punch in your address, find out where you can get a Celsius near you. And then if you want to start buying it in bulk, which I would highly recommend also get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. And why have one great flavor of Celsius when you can have multiple great flavors of Celsius, as you see on the screen, we were hitting it at the same time. Uh, these that we did again, I got it on this yeah. one. Okay. Uh, well, there we go. There you go. You got the sparkling orange, uh, Fuji apple pear, peach mango, a ton of awesome different flavors. Uh, do the subscribe and save on Amazon. Have it sent to your house or apartment every week, monthly, quarterly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast.
1: It's so good that, that they're actually running a little bit out of Celsius on Amazon right now. So uh, the, the response to Celsius has been tremendous. So please be patient. If you don't find your favorite flavors on Amazon right now, do that store locator and find them locally near you. So, uh, so the cornerback position, Matt, we kind of think day two, day three, maybe if the right safety is there in the first round, uh, you you grab a starter there. I know people have been you know jonesing about uh, edge rushers, defensive line, etc. Okay, well let's talk about that because the Buccaneers, when it comes to edge rushers, they interviewed more of those players formally. Yeah. Than any other position, except for maybe tight end, just because it's so deep this year, tight end. So when you look at at the players that they they interviewed from uh, the combine, you had Felix Anodike Azama from Kansas State, uh, probably a late first, early second round uh, player. Uh, he is uh, the player didn't test uh, at the combine, decided to wait for his pro day. Uh, I saw this guy every single game because I'm a K-Stater, and he has got legit bend. He can, he can get around the corner. He would be a fantastic fit. We've had him in one of our uh, mock drafts before. And another player uh, from the Big 12 was Will McDonald. This is a player who really uh, has an interesting situation because he, he was a fifth-year senior, and he's already 25 years old, Matt, he and Hendon Hooker, like they're both 25, right? So they're All not, they're not the the classic, you know, 21, 22 year old guy coming out of college. So he's 25 and you have to kind of weigh that when you're looking at his, you know, his uh, ability to, you know, to, uh, you know, play and, and, uh, and how long is he going to, you know, be effective, right? Because uh, if, if. Is he have five years in his NFL career? Then he's 30, and then is he done, right? So yeah. you take you take a chance on someone like him, or do you go for somebody younger who's 21 like Felix Anodike-Ozama, who was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year? So um, there's some questions there, right? And then then you look at, at Isaiah Maguire. Um, both those players I mentioned, McDonald and Felix Anodike-Ozama, those are probably going to be second-round players. If you're looking a little bit later, then you're probably looking at Isaiah McGuire from Missouri. He's he's a player that that uh, is more of a power player, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than than the 255 pound Udike Ozama, and uh, about 20 pounds heavier than than Will McDonald, who's closer to 235 240. But I, I like their games. I think the Buccaneers did a good job and and you know talking to to those players. They fit what they're looking for from an outside linebacker perspective. Another player that I'm high on is is Derek Hall from Auburn. That's Mm -hmm. another player. They got a formal interview. Uh, Hall is, he looks the part. (laughs) We know that Jason Light likes Auburn defensive players. You look at Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and KJ Britt, Britt, right? So he's yet another option for the Buccaneers as a pass rusher. And, And then Yaya Diaby, this is a player that, that probably a day three guy in that fourth round, maybe he sneaks up to the third round. Let's talk about him, Matt. He put some some amazing numbers up. And the thing is, is when I interviewed Yaya Diaby to find out if he met with the Bucs formally, which he did. He told me, he's like, just wait, I'm I'm gonna surprise y'all. Like y'all are sleeping on me. I'm telling you, I'm gonna blow up. I mean, he was he was very, very positive and upbeat about his prospects to blow up at the combine. And Matt, he did.
0: He really did. He had a uh, four, five, one, 40 forty-yard dash, had a uh, thirty-seven vert, and a ten uh, broad jump. And you know, a lot of these prospects.
1: Oh, Ion, he did that, by the way. It's six-three-two-six. Yeah, so that's the
0: thing. It's like his numbers are almost comparable to some of like the safeties and the cornerbacks, except he's so much larger, and yeah. uh, you know, and and weighs a lot more. And uh, a lot of these prospects you know, they're still kids for the most part, with the exception of a couple of the the 25 year olds. And this is their first time in front of cameras and microphones and all these big interviews, you know, not, not every college player has all these, these uh, big showcases in front of them. And, you know, some guys are are cool, calm and collected. Others are a little like short answered and maybe they're nervous. And I totally (laughs) understand. I don't really knock any of them for it, but Yaya Diaby was smiling the whole time. He was ready to go. And, Maybe he was feeling it after he had a really good senior ball, where I think he won like a lot of his one-on-one matchups and looked looked pretty good, um, both you know in the game and, and during the practice week. And I think the practice week is even more important than the game. But yep. he's a guy that you can get him in a little bit of a later round. There are some big names um, on the board. The really the thing that's important to me and why I like uh, why I like your guy from Kansas State. Kansas State, Felix, Anudike, Anudike Uzama. Uzama. There yeah. you go. You nailed it. Uh, yeah. uh, not as polished as you are. But Sorry. when I was watching the tape, and you were showing me the tape as well, he gets the football. He yeah. knocks the football out of the quarterback's hands. And I think that was a big thing that the Bucs were really missing last year is, is the strip sacks and yeah. the forced fumbles up at the line of scrimmage in the backfield going after the quarterback. So that's what I what I really like about Felix. Yeah, I... Like Derek Hall, but the thing that concerns me, if you look at the history of recent edge rusher draft picks mm-hmm. by the Bucks, you know, Derek Hall, he's built, you know, he's yep. got that like that Hulk stature, you know, right. and it just, I get a little worried when you look at Joe Tryon and, and he was built like a, like a statue and yep. Noah Spence, another guy that had mm-hmm. all the physique and it didn't necessarily translate to the field on game day and the, the book is still out on jts it's not exactly yeah. trending in the right direction right that worries me a little bit with hall and then slightly That's this a fair doesn't point. really affect how he plays but wearing number 29 is an edge rusher I'm not a huge fan of that as well <laughs> but Rashad White maybe is doing him a favor by right now Freeing wearing that number one and, yeah. and giving the number up to him
1: Exactly. No fair points for sure. It just seems to me that, that we talked about cornerback, edge rusher, probably in that day two, right? That second, third round is is, is where the bulk of those players that they met with are, are going to fall. Now, there's a couple of other edge rushers that they they had informals with. Isaiah Land from Florida A&M, Colby Wooden from Auburn, Ocean Mathis from Nebraska, Robert Beal Jr. from Georgia, Auburn's the other guy, Eko uh, Leota, Yep. Uh, Kansas's Lonnie Phelps, North Carolina's Noah Taylor, TCU's Dylan Horton, Tennessee's Byron Young, Kansas's uh, or actually I said Lonnie Phelps uh, – Oregon's DJ Johnson. Those are the other players that they named. So th- what's interesting is players not named uh, mean they have not had any interview with them, whether it's formally or informally. And there's a certain body type, right, that the Buccaneers are ignoring – Uh, Zach Harrison from Ohio State, Mike Morris from Michigan, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Those are bigger, more physical, not as fast, bendy, athletic-type guys that that they're looking for. And so they're looking for kind of those players that are more similar to Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, Shawinka, that are fast, athletic, speed rushers. And and I think that's the direction that the Buccaneers are going to go. So we've talked about corner safeties and, and edge rushers. So, again, if I had to bet, probably going to be edge rusher, cornerback and on day two with with the Buccaneers picks. But, you know, if I'm going to do any betting in general, Matt, where am I going to do it
0: at? You are going to do it at mybookie.h.
1: Listen, we're in March now. Make March Madness a moneymaker with my bookie. That's right. March Madness starts, like, in about a week or so, right? We've got the, the college basketball Conference tournament starting next week and then March Madness right afterwards. Getting started with MyBookie is easy. Visit MyBookie online, use the promo code Pewter, and receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness bracket contest for a chance at big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to gain an advantage, you can do that too on MyBookie. The price of entry is less than the cost of an Uber ride, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like my bookie. Folks, whether it's baseball starting up, college basketball, NBA, NHL, um, UCF, golf, UFC, uh, yeah, UFC yeah. fights, I mean, golf, There's, there's, if there's a sport out there, go to my bookie because you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie and use that promo code pewter to get up to a thousand dollars in your first deposit bonus.
0: I'm very excited for March madness coming up. You got the conference yes. tournaments going on right now. Hopefully Kansas state yep. can uh, take a, that another nice. conference championship, both yep. in football.
1: One player and we didn't mention. in those edge rushers is Nolan Smith. The Bucks did have a formal interview with him. Um, I don't know that he is their type of guy. I'm just gonna say that. So
0: But he did two. run a 4-3-9 in the 40 He yard. did.
1: He's fast. So, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the production is just not there. And and listen, I I I've watched a ton of Georgia. My wife Ashley's from Georgia. I'm a big Bulldogs fan, in addition to Kansas State, my alma mater. I've watched just about every single Georgia game over the last three years. And Trayvon Walker was a guy that, that has all the physical tools, the athletic ability went what in the top five last year, top three. Yeah. And where's the production, the, the, at some point in time, you got to produce on the field. You you have that athleticism has to transfer into production. And, and I think he had 11 and a half career sacks. Nolan uh, Smith did. And of course this year was cut short a little bit due to that injury, but, I, I think the Bucks would, would pass on uh, Nolan Smith if he was there at 19.
0: Could be the case. Um, we'll see if he even if he even really gets there. But uh, yeah. let's move over to inside linebacker now. Yep. An interesting situation with inside linebacker because again, Levante David is available in free agency. Um, this hasn't been touted as the most ideal inside linebacker draft class. So right. the Bucks only had two formal. Meetings with inside linebackers. That was Arkansas's Drew Sanders and Indiana's Cam Jones. And then informally, they met with uh, Pittsburgh inside linebacker Servassier Dennis, North Carolina State's Isaiah Moore, TCU's D Winters, uh, Ventrell Miller out of Florida, Shaka Hayward from Duke, and Owen Papoe from Auburn. Um, they did not meet with uh trenton simpson which i thought was uh was yep. a little surprising to uh, marvy on overshown with someone at the uh the senior bowl that yep. uh I, I thought did pretty well especially early on in the week ivan pace jr out of uh, cincinnati and jack campbell from iowa all players that they did not meet with as tom says would love Drew sanders dude brings the heat
1: Yep. The the thing with Sanders that's interesting is he was an edge rusher at Alabama, didn't find much playing time there. Mm -hmm. So he went ahead and transferred to Arkansas, where he was was making the transition this past year to inside linebacker. Now, he did line up on the edge a little bit, kind of like what Micah Parsons did, racked up some sacks there, big time pass rusher. But I think he missed 22 tackles in open space so that's a real big concern right if you're trying to replace levante david you love the fact that sanders can get after the quarterback matt on blitzes because we know todd bowles likes to bring not just levante david but the devin white but man you you got to be able to make some tackles between the tackles you gotta you you gotta be able to be stout on the run game and that was alarming now is that just kind of a a transition issue, right, where he was playing off the ball for the first time and and it was was a little, you know, scatter shot there because he was in a new position. We'll see. But uh, you're right. They only even interviewed two linebackers. Uh, Cam Jones, uh, really kind of disappointed with his 40-yard dash time. He was a player that, look at the film, he looks fast, extremely productive, had a couple picks, including a pick six. At, I think seven career sacks for Indiana. I talked to him he is super smart football IQ is off the charts. so we'll see how he does with this pro day but yeah his 469 40 yard dash time was not what I or the Bucks were expecting and we'll see if that was just an anomaly He is coming off a foot injury that caused him to miss some time that may not be fully healed and that may affected that may have affected his 40yard dash time but he plays faster. Than that on film, so that's a name to keep in mind there. You know, Matt, we talked about defensive line and how right now it's kind of crazy to think, but this team has two legit players, right? Two under contract. That's Pro Bowler Vita Vea, who's a Pro Bowler two years ago, and then last year's top pick and it started the second round, Logan Hall, and that's it, right? You're, you're talking Will Golston. Akeem Hicks, Raheem nunez Rochez, um, Pat O'Connor, O'Connor Deidren Sonat. That's five mm-hmm. defensive linemen that saw either heavy use or spot usage as a reserve. Right now, the cupboard is just about bare when it comes to defensive linemen. I think some of those guys are going to get re-signed to maybe you know one-year prove-it deals. I think you could probably do a, a league, league minimum veteran uh, salary for Will Goldstein. He probably comes back. Not sure he's going to have many suitors out there after not posting a sack last year. I think Nacho loves being in Tampa. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is not a great defensive tackle draft class.
0: And I I think for the Bucs, as far as the defensive line goes, we talk a lot about how the Bucs have built a a good culture here because of the leaders. And I I think that's why you would see Nacho and, and Will Golston come back. I think if Will wants to keep playing, it's either Tampa or nowhere else. Yeah. Nacho is an energy guy. So I am all for bringing him back, bring both of them back on on cheap deals. But it doesn't exactly go it goes with the mind frame that Jason Light in the front office has with we're going to be bargain hunting and we're going to look for like the best right. deals. We're going to be looking for value. Value yep. was like the key word yes. with a lot that they had to say in the uh at the combine when we spoke to them in Indy. Where it doesn't <laughs> stay on the same course of what Jason light was saying was that they want to get faster and they want to get younger. Right. You're not getting any younger by bringing Will Golson back. That's right. Uh, Same with Nacho and you're not getting faster. You might stay the same amount of speed, but you're certainly not getting faster. Now, if you have a more bulked up and a more experienced Logan hall, maybe that kind of fits into everything. And it's like, all right, well, we have the puzzle set. It's just this one piece needs to fit in a little bit more than it already does yeah. with Logan Hall. But the run game took a dip last year and if you want to blame Devin White the inside linebacker for that, sure, that that definitely played a part into it, but I don't think the defensive line is uh is scot free either for yeah. uh what really what really went on. And some of the reason why they didn't get that interior push is because uh they didn't get it from anyone outside of Vita Vea and Vita right. led the team in in sacks last year, which is not always common for a nose to <laughs> no. unless, unless Warren Sapp is playing there. So there's yeah. a lot of rebuilding and a lot of retooling that needs to be done with the defensive line. Just don't know if you're going to get it through the draft. I, I think yeah. seeing these formal interviews is very telling and it's not the end all be all, but it's very telling when only Zach Pickens That's is right. the one guy that they've met formally, I, yeah. you know, sure. Maybe it's not the best class, Sometimes you fall in love with certain guys. Maybe you have right. a late-round player that you're really into. The Bucks don't see it that way, or at least it, that's that's the idea or the frame of mind that we're kind of getting from these meetings and, and, and talking to them. It's a, it's a really weird spot that the Bucs are in, specifically at defensive tackle, given that they have so many other places to address so. Yeah, I don't even see D tackle until maybe like day three, unless they really right. are in and, love with someone.
1: And that's probably where Pickens is a fourth or fifth rounder, right? So I, I agree with you. Um, Mazzie Smith was not interviewed. Uh, they they did not interview uh, Gervin Dexter or Wisconsin's Keano, uh Benson. Uh, they did have uh, informal interviews with Clemson's KJ Henry. Of course, uh, the the Northwestern kid, uh, Tommy uh, you know He he's a athletic kind of freakish guy right he ran ridiculous 40 yard dash and and had just tested off the charts but he's six one, six two, two hundred and eighty 280 pounds and so that's he's maxed out too we saw him at the senior bowl he's not he was great at the senior bowl double a we kept calling him double a i really
0: enjoyed what i saw there but you really brought up not a a point that He's not, not going to get Todd any Bowles. bigger, Scheme. you know, he, yeah. like he's pretty wide already. He's not going to get any bigger. He's not getting right. taller and he's already a shorter defensive lineman. You sort of have that in Deidre not already. And, you know, Deidre not wouldn't surprise me at all if he's back, but he's a yeah. fifth string defensive lineman, you know? So I, I don't know if that's the route that they want to go.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing too is, is Kalaja Kansi from Pittsburgh didn't interview him. These guys just are not fits for Todd Bowles' defense, right? So hmm. the, the Buccaneers, you only have forty five formal interviews that you can do with the combine. They're not going to burn them on players that are not scheme fits. So those are a couple of undersized tackles. You know, they did interview double-A, but I don't think they're going to go in that direction. The other guys they they talked to, Keandre Coburn from Texas, who's a bigger nose tackle type, West Virginia's Dante uh, Stills, Alabama's DJ Dale and Clemson's KJ Henry. Those are pretty much all day three guys. So it just kind of tells you, where the Buccaneers are going to put their priority. Defensive linemen, if they pick them, and we've seen Jason Light draft several defensive tackles, Matt, on day three, late. Yep. None of them have really panned out, but but that's where he's spent some draft picks. And it looks like that's going to be the case again. This is not a good defensive tackle draft class. Uh, so we talked about defensive line. We've talked about edge rushers, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. That pretty much concludes... The defensive players there, again, some of these these players, I think the Buccaneers are going to end up being draft picks. If if you've read our mock draft, um, which uh, we're going to go into uh, in depth more tomorrow, that's going to be kind of the focus of the show and and getting your thoughts on that, uh, Pewter people. But uh, Brian Branch is in the first round. Julius Brantz from Kansas State is in round three. There's a defensive player, Yaya Diabis in the fifth round. Cam Jones is in the also in the fifth round. We give the Buccaneers uh, the compensatory pick that they're going to end up getting, and uh, and you know that that's those are the defensive players that are in the latest mock draft. All of them have had either formals and formals with the Buccaneers. So and no, I'm not being a Kansas State homer. I'm telling you, if Joey's Brants, Matt, if he went to KU, I'd hey. be saying.
0: Had the biggest wingspan in Combine history.
1: He's a pterodactyl. I mean, you, if, if you're a, a coach like Ty Bowles who loves big corners, uh, this guy is physically, physically in the mold of Richard Sherman. It's it's that massive in terms of his wingspan. So uh, no K-State bias there. I will not tout K-State players unless I think they're absolutely good. And I'm telling you, Felix and Odike Ozama, and Julius Brent, those are two players from K State. I would not mind having in the Buccaneers because they're damn good football players.
0: And the reason that the Bucks are, you know, in the spot they're in, talking about value picks when it comes to free agency is, is because they they don't have a lot of money right now right. in the salary cap. Um, but if you have money and you you want to invest and, and spend it and want to know how to manage it wisely, uh, you best be doing it at a muni financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you, Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track, so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today.
1: Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Well, we weren't out in Colorado, but Matt and I and Bailey Adams, we were in Indianapolis, pretty darn close. And next time we go to Colorado, I'm going to be thinking about immuni financial. Maybe I'll retire out there. My aunt and uncle have retired out there. It's a beautiful state. Cool. But whether, whether you're going to retire in Florida or Colorado or wherever across the country or across the world, you need to have a plan. And that's where muni financial comes in. They want to help you plan ahead and stay ahead when it comes to Things like legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, your retirement accounts, college savings accounts for the kids. They also specialize in insurance services as well. They've got over 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area. But the great thing is they serve clients across the country and they've been doing so since 1980. So whether you are in Kansas or Colorado or California, Oregon or New York and New Jersey or the great state of Florida, wherever you are across this country, give Immuni Financial a call. Find out about what they can do for you to help plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. I have most of my financial investments with the Muni Financial, so I can speak from experience or visit them on the web at immuni.com.
0: And if you are not already doing so, please like and subscribe to our social media at Pewter Report on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're a fan of this podcast, which I hope that you are, if you're watching right now, uh, please like, and subscribe, get those numbers up to our YouTube channel. Peter report TV helps us with their algorithm helps us, uh, you know, get some more content out to not just bucks fans, but NFL fans. I mean, no one crushes the NFL draft like PeterReport.com. Um, We have Peter reports and Scott's, uh, mock draft 3.0. That just got published mere seconds before the podcast started today. We're going to break all of that down on tomorrow's episode. As Mark Fisher says, Baya White Winfield Whitehead Hall, so many defensive picks lately. How are we so bare? Well, Well, when you draft pretty good players, and Logan Hall still very early, but when you draft good players, other teams want them when it comes to free agency, and you can only keep on to so many players because of the salary cap, and that's kind of why the Bucks. And and
1: Mark, the thing is, is you mentioned those players. Baya still on the team, got a contract extension. Devin White's in the fifth year of his contract. He's in the fifth year option window. He's going to get a contract extension. The same for Winfield, right? So they're keeping those guys. Whitehead got his big deal last year. Can't keep them all. And then Hall, will he'll, he'll be counted on to start as he gets bigger this offseason next to Vita Vea. And Joe trayn Shoinka also in a big year. Not a contract year for him yet, but an important year three. So they, got, they have some draft picks they've invested on the defensive side, but they're going to have to continue to do that. Make sure that you stay tuned to pewterreport.com uh, for all, all of our Bucks coverage as free agency comes, and uh, and we're getting ready for that this weekend. It's right around the corner, and as Matt mentioned, we've got a big show tomorrow, which is uh, our Bucks mock draft. Uh, Matt is going to be going through all of the, the picks, one through seven, and we even this year Included the fifth and seventh compensatory round picks as well. The Bucs are expected to get two more picks. So we went ahead and gave it to them. So they have picks in rounds one, two, three, two picks in the fifth round, a pick in the sixth, and then two picks in the seventh. So the Buccaneers have uh have several picks to uh draft some more defensive players that that they might lose in free agency. So Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. What time is that, Matt? We're we doing seven o'clock tomorrow?
0: Yep. It's going to be prime it. time. It's going to be at 7 p.m. So will Thursday show uh, at 7, where we'll talk a little bit more about the outlook of the NFC South. But until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everybody for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Peace out. Out.